Hey, welcome everybody. It's time once again for another edition of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Programs. One show where we explore unique Marcom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audience with the people who always do that every week here. Never fail to inspire me, Cindy Greenglass. Thank you. What a great guest we have today and a terrific topic for us as well. I'm really pleased to have Rodney Williams joining us today, who is the co-founder of Listener, responsible for all of the company's commercial activities and strategy execution as the chief commercial officer. And he's been with Listener since its founding and has served as its CEO until August of 2018. I mean, he's an award-winning entrepreneur, what I call a serial entrepreneur, which I think is really cool. You know, one of these amazing individuals who has not only founded one company, but has done it multiple times, multiple startups, and is award-winning companies in the industry. He's a very dedicated problem solver, and he's got a really interesting company. You know, we've heard a lot about what we call the touchless economy, touchless environment, as we've all gotten used to using our phones to pay for things. Nobody takes out a credit card. Nobody carries cash anymore, for sure not. And now even with COVID, we're finding people don't really want to handle things, right? We're at that point. So I'm really thrilled to welcome in Rodney and have this conversation about what the future of a touchless or low-touch world could look like for us, not just COVID, but post-COVID. So Rodney, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today, and I'm excited about this topic. Yeah, so are we. This is great. So Rodney, just to ground our audience, can you share with us what is, in your mind, how would you define a touchless environment, and why do you feel that this is particularly relevant today? Well, I think first and foremost, it's particularly relevant today as COVID and this pandemic has shown us all is that we should, and it's important that we are more mindful on the things we touch and, you know, and how we interact with each other. All of a sudden, safety means something very, very different today than it ever meant before. Now, touchless and being contactless is now a safety guideline, right? It's much more of a guideline. What I will say, though, I think anytime consumer behavior shifts, especially this dramatic and so fast, I'm a firm believer that it's to stay. I don't think the touchless environment necessarily even goes away post 2020 or post the pandemic. It's always been safer <laughs> to wash hands and to you know practice distance, but more importantly, not touch every single thing that's available for you to touch. <laughs> well, I remember hearing a long time ago when there have been studies that have come out that says, you know, what is the most heavily germed things that you touch and where do you get sick the most from? And I remember hearing money, the handling of money has always been one of those things that, you know, passes germs from people from person to person. And we're all understanding that now, right? There's so many things that we can pass from each other. 
Tell me how a touchless world, a touchless environment for us is going to empower marketers. I see the safety, which is great for sure, our ability to keep each other safe and healthy, not pass it. What can this do for us as marketers? So I think number one for marketers, I mean, we think about especially contactless payments and mobile payments. It's basically evolving a very, very tactile manual process of actually paying with money and making it digital. And the moment you make something digital, you kind of open up that platform for marketers because it becomes another way to communicate. And now all of a sudden, if I'm digitally paying for something, and what I mean by that, I'm in some type of mobile application and I may be pre-ordering or I may be ordering an item to pick up or curbside, all of these now become opportunity places for marketers to communicate a particular message to a consumer. And it becomes an entirely very, very important aspect. Imagine being able to communicate with a consumer at the purchase intent or the moment of making that purchase decision. And we haven't necessarily had that level of control as marketers to determine or influence that purchase in store. But in today's touchless environment, where things are going to be more digital than ever before, this will give marketers that opportunity. Fascinating. So, Rodney, you're a really smart guy. You've got four different degrees. You hold a master's of science in integrated marketing communications. You got an MBA in finance and supply chain management, a BBA in finance, and a good old-fashioned BA in economics. So, I mean, you're a really smart guy. I just have to share that with our audience. And I'd like you to share a little bit about listener. What is the technology and what is the innovation that you are bringing to this mobile payment space? And what did you see as the missing piece that you are fulfilling or filling with this company? Yeah, so prior to listener, it's really important. I actually started my career at Procter & Gamble and ultimately became a brand management there, I was obsessed with removing the friction from the shopping experience. And I felt that there was a ton of friction, especially in store. There's so much friction, whether it was scanning a coupon, whether it was bringing out your cards and checking out. I just thought it was very, very cumbersome. So when I initially thought of this technology, and more importantly, because I'm not a technologist, I consider myself more of a, I have a vision of what experiences should be. And then I use technology to turn those experiences to life. So for me, the experience that I wanted was that, you know, if I'm standing in front of the diaper aisle, I should be able to open my phone and everything about this diaper should pop up, right? I should then be able to click pay and grab the item and walk away. That was conceptually what I wanted to do. And I felt like that was a better way. And what I started to realize is that the biggest challenge in a retail environment for this type of experience to happen is twofold. Onefold, I need to verify that you're who you are. So I need to understand that you're accurately who you are very, very quickly. And then more importantly, I need that information to be communicated via devices that are around you. So that needs to communicate to the merchant. It needs to communicate to the point of sale. Maybe it needs to communicate to the door. Maybe it needs to communicate to the entire store. But it's very important for this communication kind of matrix to happen in store and not be in the cloud. And that's when I said, I think I need to assist a team in creating 
a new wireless communication channel. Something that would be completely software driven so that a merchant can control it. And then something that would leverage the devices that are already there. And that's what got me onto sound. When you have a number of mobile devices in a particular room, all of these devices can broadcast sound and they can receive sound. Every point of sale system that you've ever seen, you put your card inside of it and it beeps and makes noise. So what I realized is that my network of devices were already there. So how could we leverage ultrasonic technology, which is essentially silent and audible sound and software to help bypass some of this friction and some of the challenges that merchants and companies were experiencing when they thought about bringing something like this to life. That's, that's what we thought eight years ago. And it took a lot of things to happen for us to be able to bring that vision to life. But, you know, when I fast forward today, a very, very simple example, and this usually brings it to life. Have you ever done curbside pickup, for example? Sure. Um, That's how I get all my food now. (laughs) When you get into the parking spot and you click, I'm here, do they come out and just ask your name or they just put it in the trunk? Do you sign anything? What happens? Well, that's the problem. So what's happening is that they're fulfilling these orders that are e-commerce orders. They're fulfilling these orders, but there's no verification that they've fulfilled it with the correct person. There's no digital data point that I made contact even with the correct person. So what happens with that, that opens up a ton of liability for the merchant and the merchant actually experiences a ton of costs because the consumer, if they didn't authenticate that I was the right person, then I can just call in and say, I never received my groceries. Right. Exactly. And and if you don't honor that, I can just tell my bank and guess what? That is accurately true. You can 100% get your money back because there's no authentication. So we're being used for merchants like Target to do things like curbside. And we are collecting that data point when the device that the attendant or the merchant has when they walk out, that that device made contact with you. Great. So Rodney, I'm going to ask us to hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break for a little commercial for our wonderful academic institution, West Virginia University. And when we return, I would like you to walk us through that example. If you're able to take us through like a target or an example, you can, because I think that our listeners will be fascinated to hear how that works. Okay, well, this will give you long enough just to pause and digest some of the mind-blowing stuff we're talking about here today, but there's a place you can learn more of these kinds of cutting-edge concepts. It's West Virginia University's online data marketing communications program, first graduate program of its kind in the country, focusing on strategic thinking, problem-solving, and informed decision-making. We're trying to do here today, get some informed decision-making data. The Data Marketing Communications Program prepares you for a career in all these exciting new fields by learning the innovative tactics from award-winning faculty like those presented here each and every week. You can learn more, dmc.wvu for West Virginia University, dot edu, dmc.wvu, dot edu. We're back. Rodney, we are so riveted and curious about how this works. All of us, we can totally relate to what you just said. 
Did they give it to the right person? Are they charging the right person? The risk to the merchant, the lack of security, this is amazing. If you're comfortable, share with us an example of how this actually works with your technology. I mean, you mentioned Target, maybe you can mention Target. If not, use another example for us and walk us through this. Yeah, so I mean, very, very specifically, so our technology lives in merchant applications. So I do a number of Starbucks orders every day. So let's try Starbucks, right? So our technology is sitting in the Starbucks app. And when you say, hey, I'm going to pre-order a certain coffee and I'm going to go pick it up. When you go pick it up, obviously today at Starbucks, no one is checking you, right? You, you just see a coffee and you see your name on it and you grab it and you walk out. What's happening in the background technically is that our technology is broadcasting essentially almost like a beacon that basically says Rodney Williams is now in the store and it communicates to that point of sale system that Rodney Williams is in the store and it tracks how long you've been in the store. Now that data point is what's very, very important. If you made it into the store and your coffee was still there, Starbucks assumes that you have now taken your coffee and they have fulfilled that order. You no longer can call back and call in and say, I didn't receive my order, right? That data point though, the digital fingerprint that you actually entered the store and that you actually made contact. That's what's specifically happening in the background. And that's kind of what we're doing. We call it proximity verification as a tool, as a solution. You use us to do proximity. That means you want to identify and authenticate someone within a few feet of a filled service or good. So that's technically what's happening in the background. Can this apply to a non-retail environment? without you know sharing any secrets is there a way that the same kind of experience like you were saying curbside pickup pre-registration at a doctor's office or a dentist's office are there other applications beyond the e-commerce in-store retail experience it's proximity verification is needed with everything you do you know yeah we're focusing on retail because there's a specific kind of driven problem today but prior to retail, we were actually going really big in mobility. I think even Uber had announced back in November last year that they're going to start using ultrasound to verify passenger and driver connection. That essentially was us. Again, you've probably gotten into many wrong Ubers, or I know I have. I tend to ride a lot of Ubers. Or you may have had an issue, but there's no digital fingerprint that you actually made contact with the correct Uber. There isn't. GPS alone is not good enough. So we were starting to be used across mobility with rideshare companies and bus companies. Instead of your bus ticket as you enter a bus, you can just enter the bus and you can just exit the bus. All of the verification happening using our signal. And event ticketing, same thing for ticketing. Imagine a ticket, you should just walk in and you should just walk out. These are just examples of if I can, I just need to verify that you're who you are. <laughs> and instead of pulling out your ID, signing into the doctor's office, all of these are examples of a verification. So we're just doing it wirelessly and we're not doing it with cameras and biometrics. We're not doing it with a ton of other technology. We're literally just communicating with the device that's already sitting in your hand. Can you imagine if the airports could do this and we could no longer have to go through TSA and take out our passports or our license and all of that? Wow, what a streamlined, excellent client experience that could be in addition to being a touchless one and a safer one. Just the opportunities just expand your mind tremendously. 
But at the same time, I can't help but think, ooh, there are a lot of consumers who might be a little nervous about the security implications and the privacy implications of all this data. And, you know, we have these fears about data breaches and supplying large amounts of personally identifiable information that's being passed around. How do you address that and the concerns of both the merchants and the consumers? The best thing about our technology is that we're actually not broadcasting or receiving personal identifiable information. It's random information and it's tokenized. And when I mean random, I'm basically saying it's tokenized. So what, what is being broadcasted and what's being received is a specific and unique code for you that the merchant understands that it's you, but it's not any specific information like your email address or who you are or your name or the fact that you're a woman versus a man. None of these things are, are being communicated. So in our aspect, you know, we usually say we're actually significantly more intelligent than passing sensitive information. That's also my problem with biometrics and facial recognition because that has bias and that also has challenges and that also implies that you now have my face. Right. You would much rather broadcast a sound signal <laughs> with some digits than target having your face when you check out. Well, you know, at least I would. So I would always say that actually our technology is much more realistic. It's much more designed to protect consumers and protect the merchant than any other type of seamless technology of today. Our biggest challenge though, as you can imagine, is just advocacy. I mean, we are a technology. So it's very different than like a fully end-to-end -end solution. We tend to power experiences. We're not the complete experience. So you have to have a forward-thinking merchant or partner who understands how this could create a frictionless experience for their end user customer and understanding that and also having a technology platform that is sophisticated enough to integrate with yours. You got it. I like to say sometimes you have all of the challenges <laughs> that you can imagine, but you know, the opportunity that we have though is completely massive. We see a day where our technology is on each and every phone. It should be right next to the Bluetooth button and it's helping devices communicate with each other. And we see a world where you no longer need a key. You no longer need cards and get in and out of your vehicles. You can walk into your home and you can do all of these things. As long as you have your devices on you, you should be able to do these things. There's enough data there that should allow that. Wow, I better get my phone somehow embedded into my skin because I seem to leave it around all the time. <laughs> okay, Rodney, this is so amazing. I know that we could keep you for a long time. I did want to ask you one more question. You did say this when there's large behavioral changes or disruption based on you know, something, I don't want to say cataclysmic, but something as large as COVID and the pandemic has done over the past eight months, it tends to last and stay. Would you, as our last parting conversation, what are some other lasting changes that you think COVID will have on business and marketing communications if you could look forward for us out the dashboard of your moving vehicle? Yeah, you know, I think the slowest thing that's going to change, I think hospitality is going to be very different. And I think entertainment experiences are going to be very different. I don't think we have the complete understanding of it yet, but I do think we're going to travel and we're going to be entertained very differently than we did pre-COVID. That needs to be taken into consideration. As marketers, you can imagine how much a marketer may support a sports team 
or you know think about how movie theaters are different and what does that mean we're not necessarily consuming less movies we're just consuming them very differently i think mass transportation also changes what does that mean i don't know but i definitely think it changes my final point i think you know i remember pre-covid that i think it was sweet rain for example they were getting in trouble in san francisco and dc because they had went completely cashless they had said we are no longer accepting physical cash and then certain individuals started to protest. And then I think certain lawmakers made it almost illegal to do that. Funny how just a few months changes everything, <laughs> right? I guess their argument was, you know, there's certain individuals that may or may not have smartphones and may or may not be able to pay. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I disagree. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think everyone is digital today. I used to live in New York and I used to always, if you go down New York, you understand that there's these kiosks on the side of the street that give free internet. And if you notice correctly, the individuals that are using it to charge their phones and use the internet are actually homeless and they have a smartphone. And I'm only saying this to say that the individuals that tend to don't want to be connected to the digital society is more by choice. That's what I'm saying versus their ability to be digitally connected. And I do think, I don't think that they're excluding anyone. So hopefully COVID has made that more apparent as we've done everything digitally and everyone has worked out, things have done well, and hopefully that can continue. So Rodney, if folks are interested in learning more about listener or engaging with you, carrying on this conversation, are you open to them contacting you directly? And if so, how can they find you? Definitely. I'm pretty accessible. Rodney Williams at L-I-S-N-R is my email, my Instagram and Twitter and all of those different things are just Rodney B. Williams. So please, please feel free to reach out. Well, Rodney, you've given us a vision of a future that's so interesting and shared technology and a little bit behind the curtain, how it works that I know that our listeners are going to be very appreciative of. Keep up all of the great work that you're doing in bringing us new solutions and not only our contactless and touchless environment, but innovating and continuing to find new ways for us to be connected and stay connected. And we wish you a good day. You as well. Thank you. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network, for at-work listeners like you.